Well, good morning again, and um, please do keep that uh, reading open. Um, we're uh, talking about um, treasure hunting today, and uh, you might have already got a sense of that with Renee a little bit earlier, but I wonder if you've ever heard of a guy called Forrest Fenn. Has anyone heard of him? It's a very cool name, or weird name at least, but he was an, um, an antiques dealer uh, in the US who only died a couple of years ago, and uh, about 20 years before that, um, in about 2000, he decided to hide some treasure, like some actual treasure. So he got about $2 million worth of stuff from his collection, gold coins, that's actually a picture of it there, gold coins, uh, jewels, different things. And he put them in a chest and hid them in the Rocky Mountains somewhere. And then he, he would leave clues on his blog. And he wrote a book that had a poem in it that apparently had nine clues about where you could find this treasure. Has anyone heard of this? Ah, it's amazing. Oh, oh, Alice, have you hunted for the treasure, Alistair? Okay, no. Well, apparently 350,000 people have looked for this treasure. That's what's been estimated over that 20 years. And four people actually died in the hunt for this, this treasure, which is, which is very sad. But this was a real treasure hunt. Now, um, none of us have hunted for that treasure. I don't know if you um, heard in our first reading... Uh, the treasure that was in that reading. In Proverbs, it's about hunting for something much better than like material wealth. Um, it says you should search for wisdom and understanding as for silver or as for hidden treasure. Saying so you should really desire wisdom. So it's pretty clear when you think about it, I think, that material things, gems, um, etc., uh, won't make you uh, actually happy. Um, the ability to shoot goals in netball the capacity to know what uh, Chris Hemsworth thinks about anything, that's not going to make you actually happy. And uh, Forrest Fenn, that's him on the, on the right, actually. His treasure was found uh, by this guy who was a, a medical student, and he, he sort of auctioned it off and used a, a bunch of it to pay for his, um, his uh, education in the US. Um, and so that's slowly getting whittled away. Uh, see, uh, Proverbs says, actually, no, no, better than that, wisdom knowing about life, knowing about God himself, that is of real value. And then in our Colossians reading, did you hear at the end of that reading, uh, in uh, verse 3 of chapter 2, what it said, Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in Christ, according uh, to this in Colossians. Jesus is the best treasure. He's like an inexhaustible treasure chest. Everything that we need for life. You can keep finding treasure in Christ. You know, you need more forgiveness. Well, it, it's here. You need to uh, understand yourself and, and explain why it is you do things that you don't want to do. Well, it's here. Uh, you want to find out what you're made for. It's here. You want peace. It's here. You want to know the God of the universe. It, it, it's here. It's as if uh, you know, Forrest Fenn's treasure chest was sort of like bottomless and it just kept going. You could just keep pulling more stuff out of it. Kind of like um, Mary Poppins' bag. Um, you just keep pulling more and more treasures out of. And well, when you think about that, when you think all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found in one person, that sounds crazy um, until you kind of think about the description that we had of Jesus last week 
I read some of it at the beginning. Um, he's the image of the invisible God. All things were created through him and for him. God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. You know, if that is really true, if we know that, if we really believe that, why would you look anywhere else? And yet we often do. Even though Jesus is before all things, he's the inexhaustible treasure chest for all we need, for complete purpose and satisfaction. That's where to go. As we look around at other people, our hearts tell us, well, actually, maybe we also need that other thing that they have or the, the success that, that, that's over there. Maybe, maybe some treasure is found in Jesus, but all of it? I mean, we think, maybe, is Jesus really enough? In this, in this letter Paul's writing to these Colossians, he's asking them, he's, he's imploring them to stand firm on what they already know of Jesus. Um, flick back, if you want, just to uh, chapter 1, verse 23, which we looked at last week. It says, God has reconciled you to himself through Christ, made you free from accusation if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. He's saying, continue how you've started. They need to realize the value of what they've already got. That's what we need to realize as well. And so today I want to look at that, how we can highly value, how we can utilize the treasure trove that is wisdom found in Jesus. Uh, we'll come back to that exact point kind of at the end, uh, but first we're going to talk about what stops us from wanting to do that, uh, what stops us from realizing the value uh, of what's right in front of us. Um, so that's, that's where we're going, um, a kind of an outline's coming up there, that's kind of what we're stepping through, if that would be helpful for you on your notes, or there are some of those um, at the back if you want a paper outline as well. Um, but do, yeah, do follow along. Um, so uh, this is where we're starting. We're starting about uh, looking at why we undervalue this best treasure in the world. Why do we miss it? Well, in this passage, Paul talks about a mystery. I don't know if you heard that word uh, repeated a couple of times. See, his, his big point is that this mystery has now been revealed. He says, the mystery, what's, what's the, what, what is the answer to this mystery? It's Christ in you, he says in verse 27. Or uh, in chapter 2, verse 2, he sim simply says, it's, it's Christ. This idea of, of mystery hidden for ages and generations is that in the Old Testament, uh, people knew that a king was coming. They knew that God was going to come and do something for his people. But there were aspects of who Jesus uh, is that were very unexpected. Now, he's come now, and we've, we've got all the Gospels written about him, so we uh, can see who he is. There's no more mystery. But some things about Jesus that weren't expected before he came, I think uh, some of those things are the things we also have trouble with uh, accepting about him, even though we can see the full picture. Uh, there's a risk that those Colossians that Paul was writing to, that, that we misunderstand what God is doing and uh, the nature of of the treasure in Christ because of the strange and amazing way he's doing it. And so we look for treasure elsewhere. And so today we're going to start by looking at these two unexpected elements of who Jesus is. Uh, these are the two, that good comes through suffering and that everyone is welcome. Good comes through suffering and that everyone is welcome. 
So this uh, first unexpected thing about Jesus that could knock us off course. In God's plan, good comes through suffering. So these uh, Colossians are receiving this letter from Paul. Paul is the one who got a commission from God. He's the apostle. He's this amazing leader, but he's in prison. As he writes, he's under Rome's thumb, it seems. Seems quite unexpected. We've heard that lots of times. We know about Paul and his missionary journeys and uh, all the suffering he experienced. But just think about it for a minute. The bearer of the news about the greatest king ever is in chains. That's weird, right? That's unexpected. But of course, Paul didn't start that pattern. The king himself suffered. Uh, Flick back over with me again to that description in Colossians chapter 1 of Christ and just see how it develops. It's amazing. All things created by him and for him. God, pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. God, going to reconcile everything to him through Jesus. That sounds amazing. He's going to make peace. Wow, this is, this is great, right? And then it says, through his blood. Through his, through his blood? What? That doesn't make sense if you're reading that whole list of amazing things about Jesus. All of a sudden, his blood is involved in this? That's not what you expect. See, Jesus was the one everything was made for, and yet he died. He died because of this, this beautiful mystery that all the evil in the world, all the evil that, that I've done, that you've done, all the suffering we've caused, all the judgment we deserve, it's dealt with through God himself suffering. If you've still um, got that passage there, it's in, in verse 22, to reconcile us, free from accusation, to God. That's the heart of the treasure that's on offer uh, to, to, to you today. Fresh relationship with God himself, knowing God. Good comes through suffering. And so that's what it's like for those who follow Jesus as well. Paul uh, described himself as a servant in this passage. And have a look at verse 24. He says, Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. This is a a difficult verse in, in its detail, but the overall point is clear that Christ's apostle, uh, Paul's suffering, that's related to, to Christ's suffering, and it's actually, it's part of the plan. This is how it, it, it should be. But what does it mean when he says there, I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's affliction? And what he clearly uh, doesn't mean is that Christ's suffering and death was uh, uh, inadequate to reconcile people to God. Uh, There's lots of places where uh, Paul writes and uh, other Bible writers write in a way that tells you that can't be the case. Uh, For instance, what we just looked at in uh, chapter 1, verse 22, uh, which says he has reconciled us without blemish and free from accusation. Right now, if you trust him, if, if Christ is in you, you are reconciled to God. So that's what it can't mean. And there's a couple of options for what it, it, it could mean. But I think the best option is to think about what is lacking in terms of the effect of reconciliation. So peace with God has been won. Um, it's available at no cost. That's true. But it is, it's clear that the whole world right now isn't reconciled uh, to God. 
it's clear that hostilities still continue. Uh, so the news of what Christ has done and the reconciliation that it brings, that's, that's still reverberating throughout the world uh, at the moment and through individual lives. And as it does, those who follow Jesus continue to suffer because of him. And, and the grand total of, of the suffering that will happen before he returns is still lacking. But zooming back out, this, this verse uh, shows us that suffering is part of the plan. And, and Paul gets that. I mean, did you notice at the beginning, he says he rejoices in what he's suffering. Why, why does he rejoice in his suffering? Well, he, he knows what he's in on. Suffering for Jesus, that's not what we'd normally rejoice in. Our world wants to uh, avoid suffering. If there's suffering involved, then there's something wrong normally. That's what we're told. But for Paul, this means he's on the right track. So when you uh, make a, a decision for Jesus and it causes suffering in your life, take heart. When you uh, maybe share who Jesus is with someone and it causes uh, some social discomfort or worse, you should be encouraged as a reminder that, that that's life like Christ's. So that's the first unexpected thing. Suffering brings about good. The second unexpected thing is that in God's plan, everyone is welcome. Everyone is welcome. Have a look there at uh, verses 26 and 27, which we've already uh, touched on as we talked about uh, this mystery. But Paul's job is to share the word of God in all its fullness so that the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations uh, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So in the Old Testament, uh, God chose to rescue the Israelites, one specific people. And what was hidden, though, was that God's purpose in Jesus was not just to rescue them, uh, but it was to, to rescue everyone. Um, and these Colossians were an example of this very thing happening. As people who were mostly Gentiles themselves, that's the point of when Paul says here, he says, the mystery is Christ in you. It's significant that it's, it's in you. It's in you Colossians, you Gentile people. In verses uh, 28 and 29, Paul makes the point of saying, you know, this is for everyone, teaching everyone, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Everyone is welcome. This is vital to how we think about ourselves, how we think about others. For ourselves, it, it brings us a, an assurance that we are uh, truly accepted by God, even when we don't think uh, we deserve it, even when we don't feel like we are. Unlike so many things in our lives, access to this treasure isn't achievement-based, it's not identity-based, uh, when we feel like we've failed in life again, we're still welcome because of Jesus. Maybe that's what you need to, to hear today. Uh, here, there's, you know, pagan, idolatrous, possibly child-sacrificing Gentiles. They're welcome because of Jesus. Those who persecute the church, who murder Christians like Paul, they're welcome because of Jesus. We are reconciled to God. And it helps us to think about others too. Uh, Paul's aim is to help everyone mature in Christ. 
It's the reality that you don't, this is, this is treasure you get, not because you're, you know, educated or wealthy or able or because you're in with certain, you know, the cool crowd. It means that a rocket scientist has equal right to this treasure as someone who's an illiterate farmer or something else. And uh, we're going to hear um, from Dan and Mel a little bit uh, later in our service about how they're heading to Nepal. And it's great to partner with them uh, in reaching out to people who are so far away from us, so different to us in many ways. People who have, a, have a, 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 an equal claim on this treasure in Christ. Everyone is welcome. So there are these two unexpected aspects of the wisdom found in Jesus that are really key but easy to miss. Let's turn now to how, how to live wisely according to this treasure in Jesus. Have a look at uh, verses 28 and 29. And we'll also touch on the first verses of chapter 2. Christ is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. So once you, once you understand that Jesus really is wisdom for life, it's not worth looking anywhere else, what do you do? Well, you, you proclaim Christ. And it's not, not just Paul's job. Um, if you want to uh, flick, if you've got a Bible over to chapter 3, uh, verse uh, 16, have a look how this verse is so similar uh, to what we've just heard. And this is, this is what Paul's telling the Colossians to do. It says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. That makes sense, doesn't it? The way, the way to live with the treasure of Jesus and keep finding more treasure in Him is to keep hearing and keep telling others about who Jesus is and about what that means for life. And it's worth, worth struggling for. Paul says here he's contending or, or struggling in verse 29. And again in verse 1 of chapter 2, he says, I want, to, I want you to know how hard I'm contending for you. Paul, even though he didn't know most of these people receiving this letter, he, he struggled for them. Probably it looked like for him in his his ongoing preaching and his, his letter writing in prison, his praying for them. See, proclaiming Jesus is a struggle. It's not, it's not easy. You know, it's sometimes a battle getting here to church or to your, your small group. It's sometimes a battle getting here uh, with an attitude of wanting to share Christ's treasures with others. That's why we've got this, this 80% goal this year as a church. <coughs> me it's this goal uh for uh each of us being here on sundays and in small groups at least 80 percent of the time uh, that's not just uh, you know a, a goal so we can tick off a number it's because we need to be here so that we can do this for each other it's about learning christ more and more it's like it's about um I guess, digging into that Mary Poppins bag and working out how Jesus' grace affects the situation that we're in this week or this conflict, how his commands affects this decision that we're making in life, how uh, he's got forgiveness again for us this week, how the hope of glory uh, in the future helps us right now in the tragic circumstances that might be going on in our lives. It's a struggle, but, it, but it's worth it. 
Because check out the results if you keep treasuring this treasure. In verse 28, it says to present everyone fully mature in Christ. And what that maturity looks like is is fleshed out um, in uh, chapter 2, verse 2. Look at the two phrases there. Encouraged in heart and united in love. Encouraged in heart and united in love. That's what maturity looks like. And I think that those relate to the two unexpected aspects of Jesus we were talking about earlier. Encouraged in heart. When do you need courage? Well, in difficult times. You need it when you're you're suffering, you're struggling. It's knowing that suffering and struggle is part of the plan. It's hearing that from someone else. It's what Paul wants the Colossians to know through his preaching and this letter he's writing and his prayers. As we proclaim Christ to each other and we share the struggles uh, and the joys of following him, that encourages our hearts. And the, the, the second one there, united in love. If we really know that the gospel is for everyone, then we'll love those who are in Jesus, but who are different to us. That means it's actually a gift that we're different to each other. The frustrations that we have with people who don't think quite the same way as us here at church, that's a gift. It's supposed to show us the power and the beauty of the way Christ reconciles us. As we rub against those who are really different to us in our church family, and we realise that we are indeed brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, that means if you, if you don't get outside, uh, I guess, the group of people that you're similar to uh, at church, that you're comfortable with, then you're actually, you're missing out. You you don't, I guess, understand the heart of Jesus and you actually rob yourself of the chance to grow in wisdom and understanding of life by seeing it in action. That's maturity, encouraged in heart to persevere through struggle, to be united in love through difference. And so, as as we wrap up, have a look at what the end point is. It's kind of circular in a way. The point of learning Christ, the point of understanding this mystery is to live mature lives, to be encouraged in heart and united in love. And the point of that is so that you can know Christ even more. Check it out what it says in in, in, uh, verse 2 of chapter 2. So that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Knowing Christ leads to a more mature life, which leads to knowing Christ more, the one in whom all the treasures are held. That's the thing, knowing him, it's the most valuable thing in the whole world. It's better than your measly $1.3 million chest of trinkets or whatever it was. Jesus, the king, he's the one who brings reconciliation by his own blood. And so to know him in his suffering and his welcome to all, that is a wonderful thing, the most wonderful thing. And you're not missing anything. If you focus on him, you're not missing anything. In fact, if he's not key to your view of the world, then you're missing everything. Because in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, that's what we need to pray, that we value this treasure supremely. Let's, let's do that now. Let's pray.
Our Father, thank you so much uh, for Jesus in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Please help us know that deeply. Please help us value him supremely in our hearts. Amen. We're going to sing now about uh, this wonderful treasure we have in Jesus. Um, Take this chance really to sing this song out um, to encourage your hearts and the hearts of, of those around you. So let's, let's sing. <laughs>